Welcome to the Ride With Us podcast, presented by the American Coaster Enthusiasts, the world's largest ride enthusiast organization dedicated to the appreciation, promotion, and preservation of roller coasters around the globe. So please keep your hands and feet inside the podcast at all times as we welcome your hosts, Jessica Gardner and John Davidson. Hey everyone, it's time for another episode that we call The First Drop, where we talk to people who have ridden new coasters and attractions and break them down for us. This is the second First Drop, actually. John, is that confusing? Do you think our listeners... I don't think so. I think we all understand our first drop down a new coaster, but sometimes it's not just about the coasters. Sometimes we're also talking about new lands. That's right. Theme park lands. So today we are hearing from Tim Baldwin about Prairie Screamer. That is correct. Okay. We are hearing from Amber Lightbody about Defiance and Derek Perry and I discuss our experience over at Universal Hollywood Super Nintendo World. And although I am so excited to hear about Nintendo World, we're first gonna sit down with Tim Baldwin to hear about the relocated Prairie Screamer. And I'm here with Tim Baldwin and we are gonna talk about the Prairie Screamer. So Tim, I heard you were lucky enough to get to go to the media day to try it for the first time. So tell me about that. Well. We were excited to see it. We really were uh, to f- see it finally get open because the journey was a long one, trust me. And bless their hearts, the people at Traders Village were very persistent and they were dedicated and now they have something that is just an ideal fit for it. To call that day uh, a media day, that's kind of what they termed it, but it was really kind of an enthusiast day. It wasn't like there were camera folks and news crews because they had their 50th anniversary coming up in March. Uh, I think they're saving their big media push for that. But they just wanted the enthusiasts to come out and ride, and we did. And it was a really chilly December day, but we didn't care. We were bundled up. We finally got to ride this coaster. And, you know, we were just thrilled to have a brand new coaster here right in the Dallas Fort Worth area. It's awesome. So, Tim, tell me, how long had you been noticing you knew the coaster was going to be there? I mean, this has been, you know, quite a few years in the making. It, it really was. You know, um, I kind of forget how I became aware of all the coaster tracks stacked out there. And, and uh, truth be told, I can walk to Trader's Village from my house. It's about a 15, 20-minute walk. So if I were sitting on my roof, I could see it over the rooftops because this flea market is very close to where I live. And um, I forget what took me out there, but I'm seeing all this track. And I talked to the park president at the time, his name is Tim Anderson. And he said, you know, it's been laying there for like two or three months. And I thought for sure the day that was all delivered, I was gonna start getting phone calls. But I guess it went under the radar. But once, you know, it was announced, And to where people saw the track, oh, we were all about it. So we saw the ground clearing. They had to remove one of their, um, I guess, sales buildings because it truly is a a flea market with this ride area now called Prairie Playland right in the middle of this flea market. So we saw that clearing. And of course, you get excited when you see piers poured in the concrete pad. And then construction started going up probably early spring late spring, spring of 2022. It's like, yeah, it's going up, it's going up. 
And then, you know, I would, I have to drive past it every day. So I always crane my neck out of the car to see what did they put up? What they put up? And for a while, how did it change? How did it change? How did it change yeah, this week? Exactly. You know, and first it was structure. And it's like, Ooh, there's track, there's track, there's track. And, and to see it go through all that process was exciting. But once it goes up structurally, then you have, so much stuff that leaves you just hanging on pins and noodles, the electrical, you know, the braking systems, the control systems, all that. And then the trains were going under a refurbishment process. So they're like brand new um, when they eventually arrived. So we still had to exhibit patience and we were hoping by the fall and, and Steve Thomas, um, the amusement park managers like we're so close we're so close and he was just every bit an enthusiast and a little kid like us he oh was man just- he is so exciting to talk to when you talk he talks about it like he, it's his yes. like it's his kid truly he he feels that way and he was excited and he couldn't wait to get it open so uh, a few weeks beforehand i says hey we're gonna have a media day and i was expecting a lot of news crews but i said uh, i asked him steve does anyone come it's like yeah we, we call it that but we really just want you guys to come out and experience it. So it was very gracious to members of American Coaster Enthusiasts right there. And, you know, we just showered him with praise for getting the job done. Fantastic. So are you a Myler fan in general? I am very much so. In fact, there are some Myler kitty coasters that I think pack a punch and they make you laugh and giggle. I just think they're great machines. And I would love to see more of them. Fred's up there. Fred Myler is up there in age. He's probably not a... a energetic salesman to go out there, but he's got a great product. He really does. I've yet to ride a Myler Coast. I didn't think that was fun. You know, I liked every single one I rode. Yeah, and pretty surprising. Yeah. And that's, I think is it's his biggest model, right? I think that, that came out in Steve's uh, interview. Yes. It's the largest one Fred Myler ever built. And um, it was originally right around 90 feet tall, but because of the way it was dismantled, just cruelly just chopped off at the footings. He says it's now 88 feet tall because they had to kind of rebuild the bottoms of the structural footings, but it's still, I mean, the tracks every bit as long, the drops are every bit as good. So, so it's 88 feet instead of 90. Big whoop. So tell me more. You, you get there and how many times did you get to ride it? They ran it to us for an hour, hour and a half. I don't know. We had a nice little group there three, four, five times in there, you know, as they're going through the line. But I tell you what, John Mott really surprised me because you see it from the ground for over a year. You're just looking, looking, looking. And then when we rode it, we got to the top of the lift and I thought, holy cow, that's Dallas. It was like the (laughs) best, most beautiful view of downtown Dallas on the horizon. And, And that surprised me. I wasn't expecting it. Well, it can't be an interview without asking you, because of what Steve said, uh, you've got to talk about the giant buffalo. Well, I was very impressed that they went to that thematic detail and that creative um, quality to add to the ride. The, the buffalo's in the station. The intention is the buffalo will tell you, you know, all the ride rules and everything. And I think he kind of makes jokes with you. I asked about it on that opening day and he said, While installing, uh, the team was trying to accomplish something, and in so doing, they they kind of, um, I don't know what the correct technical term is. We'll just go with short-circuited what was supposed to happen. So they had to go back to um, 
the company. Uh, that's so you didn't have a ginormous Buffalo talking to you to tell I you to buckle did. your safety belt. We could see it, but he wasn't talking. <laughs> that day. Once they get it going, they do have an idea to have guest voices for the Buffalo. I'm not sure if they're going to pursue it, but as we were just sitting around brainstorming, it sounded like a really fun idea to go out there and see whose voice might be, you know, this month. All right. Well, we will have to get each one of you ACE members out there to see what you can hear with the Talking Buffalo and to get to ride this amazing coaster. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I think anyone who rides it will think this is a great addition to any facility. And for a flea market to have, this is really a sizable coaster. It's not just like a Zyklon. This, this thing's fairly massive and the drops are big and they're really good. Awesome. Well, thank you, Tim, for coming on and giving us a taste of your first drop on the coaster. Absolutely. Everyone come ride. It's Jessica here, and I am about to hear all about Glenwood Cavern Adventure Park's newest coaster, Defiance, a one-of-a-kind Gerstlauer or Euroflight. It's 56 seconds long with a 110-foot record-breaking 102.3-degree freefall drop in the western U.S., and I'm here with, I haven't ridden it. Don't don't ask me. I haven't got on it yet. I am here with Rocky Mountain Regional Rep, Amber Lightbody. Amber, how is everything over in the mountain time zone? Excellent. A little, a little cold for my liking. We're supposed well, to get down real cold soon, but you know, that comes uh, with the mountains. That comes with the mountains. So <laughs> when did you first ride Defiance? So I first rode Defiance back in August. Um, Glenwood Caverns invited me out for their media day. Um, so I got to go and take a bunch of pictures and videos and um, interview some people. And it was super, super cool. And then I got to ride Defiance. Was this for Ace or was this for something yeah, else? Yeah, it was for Ace. Um, I wrote up a little bit in Ace News. Um, and I don't know. I think they use some of the pictures on social media. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty cool. So, all right, tell tell me about the whole experience. For people that haven't been to Glenwood Caverns, it's literally on top of a mountain, like literally on top of a mountain. You have to take a gondola up to the park. Um, <laughs> how, long, how long is that gondola? Tell me about this gondola. Um, it's a pretty decent ride. I think it was like five minutes. Like, um, And I am not the biggest fan of like slow heights. Like I love a good roller coaster <laughs> job, right? But like the slowly riding up is like not my fave. Um, it's so, like a ski lift, like, yeah, right? Like yeah, a big, it's like oh, it's wow. like a little enclosed thing, but it's it's you're on a wire like a ski lift. Um, Ooh! And so you start going up the mountain, and really, um, defiance is like the first thing you see. It's like right on the front of the mountain. So as you're going up the mountain, it's like slowly coming into view and starting to build that anticipation. And it's it's a really unique way to get into a park. Yeah, I guess <laughs> so. I. I'm now realizing that not only is this coaster, you know, this this is this exciting one of a kind coaster, yeah. it it's this tall coaster and it's on top of this mountain. So anybody who <laughs> has any sort of fear of heights, <laughs> this this might not be the coaster for you. Right. Right. <laughs> but any thrill seekers out there who feel like they've seen it all, this is this is really cool. I'm excited about this. So what was your what what was your first impression? Um, so my first impression was like, wow, this really is on the side of a mountain. Um, like you, you hear that, right. And then when you see it, it is something totally different. Like, um, 
they really, they put it like right on the edge. Um, so it is super, super cool. Um, and Glenwood Caverns, I think does a really, really good job of taking advantage of being on a mountain with a lot of their rides. Um, but with Defiance, I feel like they saved like a primo spot for it. Um, it's super cool. Nice. What are the views like? Uh, it's, it's like panoramic mountain views. Um, it's, it's really, really gorgeous. I, I, I live in the Rocky mountains, right? So it's like, I get a lot of mountain views and I'm <laughs> sure. not necessarily easily impressed by them anymore, that makes um, sense. but it was, it was really impressive. And it was a beautiful day when I was there. Like it was, it was gorgeous. Blue skies, mountains, trees. Perfect. I wonder if because of, I mean, I just went to their website and there's a like alert on the website saying that you guys are having bad weather and they're closing down, <laughs> now, but they're open, which is wild to me, but I'm guessing the coaster is not open. Yeah. Yeah. The coaster is closed. I think they closed in October. Um, yeah. They, they have like a temperature range where they can't run it. So basically uh, Defiance gets closed for the winter. Um, but some of the other rides stay running. They do their cavern tours all year round. The, um, Alpine coaster stays running pretty much all year round. Awesome. So they, they still have some exciting stuff going on, even in the middle of winter. Um, so if someone is trying to get this credit and they want to try <laughs> to get, plan a trip so that they have good weather for this credit, when would you recommend as the expert in the Rocky I, Mountain region? I think you're probably pretty safe April to October. Um, there might okay. be, if you're on the ends there, it might be a little sketchy, um, but I think you're pretty safe in the, that time of year. Um, and then also it's kind of any given day, you might get rained out, um, so when I was there, I was actually strapped in the coaster, ready to go. And they got a um, storm warning that there was a thunderstorm coming in. So they pulled us all off um, and we were stuck kind of just waiting it out for a while because there was a thunderstorm blowing through and it never really like came to where we were, but it was within like the mileage radius where, because it's so exposed and on top of the mountain, right. they, had to, they had to hold for a while. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just like that little bit of added drama. Yeah. yeah no, it's like the whole experience was like anticipation building until I finally got to ride it, like between the gondola and then like getting all stripped in and being ready to go and then not being able to go. And, um, but yeah, it was, it, it's super cool. <laughs> is that, is that really the only way up is the gondola? Is there not a way to drive up? Um, I think that there is like an emergency access road, um, but they don't, they don't really, um, use it. And that was one of the things, um, I was talking with the, um, operations manager about was like, how do you get everything up a mountain to build a roller coaster? Uh, but it was really interesting listening to her talk. And she was saying that basically, um, when they're, when they're building an attraction, they build in like an extra, like time and a half for everything. So something that would take like a week sea level is going to take them like at least a week and a half even trying to get like the trucks up with like concrete like it's like oh a whole hassle and they have to use like three trucks instead of one truck because if it's fully loaded it can't get up the hill like um, oh my god yeah it was, it was really interesting just kind of chatting with her and hearing about how different it is trying to um yeah make it they had to coaster. really want this coaster yeah they had to really absolutely want <laughs> absolutely I thought you were gonna say helicopters I just had this vision <laughs> of like helicopters dropping in no okay no, no helicopters that I know of but... parachuters parachuters <laughs> with pieces of coaster no that's not a thing. Okay. skydiving <laughs> down with like big chunks of steel you know <laughs> all right so back to your experience on yeah. the coasters so they finally call off this thunderstorm <laughs> warning 
and you get to go. Yeah. Tell me about it. Um, so it was super cool. It's a pretty quick ride, but um, the anticipation, like going into it, it's like, like I was saying, it was all anticipation building all day. And then I'm finally into it and you're laying on your back, looking at the sky. I was questioning my life choices as I went up that hill because <laughs> it's, it's just like, that's what am everybody, I doing? that's everybody yeah. on their first like cursor. Oh my gosh. I remember my first time on hang time and untamed. Yeah. yeah. just like, we are 90 degrees. Yeah. Your back straightens out. <laughs> it was, I was really like, what am I doing here? This is a thing. Um, and then you get to the top and you come over the hill and you have this beautiful view for about uh, like a second. Um, and then it's like a free fall almost. It so was, they don't hold you up there? Not really. No, you oh, okay. get like a second and then it just goes. Like, oh, all right. There wasn't like, I think a lot of them have like that kind of hold time where they kind of dangle you there. Yeah. But it really, um, it was pretty quick. Um, Interesting. I would think, yeah. I, would, I wonder why. I wonder what the reasoning was behind that. I think I with know. that view, you'd... You'd want to ride was, the coaster just to get up there. I, don't I was know. surprised how quick it was, but it was, uh, it comes up on you fast. Interesting. Um, so then what was your favorite part of the ride? So I think aside from the drop, which is super, super fun, is there is a heartline roll as you go into the break run at the end. And that is a really sweet little, like it's so smooth and it's a, it's a really quick ride. And um, I think Glenwood Caverns doesn't get super, super crowded, which is great. So it's a great coaster to like loop a couple times and kind of check out every seat. Good to know. How was that 102.3? Do I have that right? 102.3 degree good. drop at a vertical angle. What do yeah. you think of that? It's pretty crazy. Um, it kind of, it almost feels like your stomach's about to like drop out from underneath you because that like beyond vertical is just so crazy. Um, and like I said, I kind of got to ride pretty much every seat. Um, and the front, it didn't feel as intense, but the, the back row, like you can really like feel the get into that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and felt like you're coming out of your seat completely, like super, super fun. That sounds so awesome. Jealous. I'm going <laughs> to totally ride this coaster. Tell me more about um, Glenwood Caverns. I don't know that R is getting me. It's my New England <laughs> accent coming out that I work so hard to get rid of. What are some of your other favorite attractions at Glenwood Caverns for somebody who hasn't been there? Describe what this park is like. Is it big? Is it small? I mean, it can't be that um, big, is it? It's it's not super big, but it's pretty spread out. Like, um, I think you need to be, if you're going up there, you got to be prepared. You're going to be doing some walking and some of it's kind of steep. It's not like you're going hiking on a mountain, but everything's paved and smooth, but it definitely, um, you, you can feel it, especially if you're coming from sea level, like you're breathing a little heavy. <laughs> oh, wow. Do, do you think that affects like how the coaster I feels? I, I never really thought about it. Cause like I live above sea level. So like I'm kind of used to it. And then it's just like a little more on top of that. But I bet if you're coming from sea level, it's pretty intense. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, drink lots of water if you're coming from sea level too, because you will Hot tips from Amber. Yeah. Hot <laughs> yeah, tips. Exactly. Hot tips. Colorado visiting. <laughs> other attractions. Yes. Uh, there's a couple other coasters that are super fun. There's an Alpine coaster, which is, I love them. And I don't understand why there's even breaks on them because like, I'm just like, let me just go full speed the whole time. <laughs> That is super, super fun. So one of the super cool things is the giant canyon swing. And um, another one that made me question my life choices. Um, it's just this huge swing and it swings you over the edge of the mountain, basically. Um, and oh, so oh my gosh, when you're riding it, you're getting like face first, like 
if I fall, everything is over. Like I'm going down a mountain views. Um, it's crazy. I, I, uh, I'm not even sure how to describe it. It's just, I feel like it's a ride that would be intense on like level ground, but then you put it over the edge of a mountain. A mountain. It's like, <laughs> it's really, really cool. Really intense. Yeah. Especially if you're scared of heights a little bit or don't like heights, uh, it'll get you. <laughs> Good to know. And yeah. uh, how's, how's the other coasters? Uh, the cliffhanger is super fun too. Um, I was surprised it's really like zippy for a little coaster. Um, yeah, it just kind of goes and it's, it's just a fun little ride. And then there's the little family coaster, which, you know, I rode for the credit. It's just, you know, your standard little family coaster in a little loop. So not a ton of coasters, but a lot of really, really cool and unique rides to go on um, and unique experiences to have. All right. Last question for you. Glenwood yeah. Cavern seems like such a unique park. What makes it special to you? Um, I think something that really is special about Glenwood Caverns to me is I, in addition to roller coasters, really love the outdoors. Um, my husband and I do a lot of hiking. Um, you know, we hike the Grand Canyon. We do a lot of peaks. Um, and so being able to combine being on top of a mountain and riding roller coasters is super, super cool for me. Um, and so I think that really makes Glenwood Caverns like special on top of the super cool views and riding a gondola to the top for me. That's like your two favorite things. Yeah. Combined. Yeah. yeah. I love definitely. it. You know, I think Glenwood Caverns is a great park, um, whether you're going by yourself just to hit a couple roller coasters or you want to bring the whole family and check out all of the attractions. Um, there's kind of something for everyone there, which is pretty great. Awesome. Amber, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was super fun. Hey all, it's Jessica again, and now I'm here with our communications director, Derek Perry. Derek, how you doing? I'm doing super. How are you doing, Jessica? Good, and I noticed you brought a special guest with you. It's your brother, Doug yes. Perry. <laughs> we went to Super Nintendo World together, so I had to bring him on and get his opinion on everything. Doug, how's it going over there? It's going super here, too. Super Nintendo good? Super Mario wonderful? <laughs> wow. Exactly. So all three of us listeners, we have been lucky enough to be able to see Super Nintendo Land before it has officially opened, which it will, by the way, on February 17th, 2023. And we are here to tell you what you need to know, all of the things that you might be curious about. We're going to try not to be too spoilery, but uh, if you don't want any spoilers, this might, might be a section you might want to fast forward through. <laughs> so let's hear everybody overall impression. Derek, I'm going to start with you. You you walk into this land. What's your overall impression of it? I was blown away after walking through that green pipe and getting oh. into the land. You're surrounded by all this colorful activity. There's so much going on. Like You don't feel like you're at Universal Studios Hollywood anymore. You feel like you're right in the middle of the video game. So Doug, I was blown away. Yeah. What did you think, Doug? I felt the same way. Like, I thought it was so cool and there was more stuff to do than I was expecting. Like, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. 
I feel the same way. I was expecting it to be cute. I had heard that there was only going to be one attraction. And so I feel like my expectations were kind of low. Of course, we've been peering over the sides of the construction walls on the escalators going down and taking photo and like enhancing it so we could try to see what they were doing. So we had little hints of what it was going to look like. But I agree with you. Walking through that tunnel, if you at all were into, especially and I guess specifically and only <laughs> Super Mario at all, you are going to love this land. Just the colors, the sounds, it really made you feel like you had stepped into a video game. But I have to say that that was one of the first things that surprised me, that it's called Super Nintendo World, but it might, it might as well kind of, for now at least, just be called Super Mario World because they were the only Nintendo characters there. There are no uh, Pokemon, no Zelda even. I really thought there'd be Link or something. Did you feel that way too? Or did you know it was going to be all Mario? I think I knew. Yeah, I could definitely see what you were saying. But I think just, you know, as much as I try to avoid spoilers, I think I did kind of get that vibe that it's all Mario. Did you, Derek? Yeah. and. At Universal Studios Japan, they have the um, Donkey Kong coaster coming. And then also at Epic Universe in Florida, they're going to have Donkey Kong. So maybe we'll get Donkey Kong eventually someday too. But did you play Super Mario Brothers when you were younger? Oh my gosh, that like almost exclusively like that. I Especially Mario Kart at a little brother. And that was how we bonded was over Nintendo, Super Nintendo, especially in the winter months in Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So a lot of nostalgia there, for sure. I love all of the merch that they've come out with. I definitely covered myself in Princess Peach, which brings me to uh, buying the power-up bands. Now, did you both get a power-up band? We did. I ended up getting a Mario one and Doug got a Luigi one. We thought it was appropriate. What? Um, <laughs> did, you, did you get a power band? I did. I got a Princess Peach power-up band. Uh, for everybody who is wondering what we're talking about, think like a Disney magic band, but more like a silicone slap bracelet that you wear. And it's got sort of this, um, what would you call it? Like a circular... I don't even know. Yeah, like a, a clunky kind of like piece <laughs> on the top. It's a it's a bold fashion statement. It's definitely um, bold. <laughs> but uh you have yeah, you have to get one. And you can either get one at the store or there's like that self-serve kiosk. Did you do that? I did. I had heard from a, a team member to buy one before I go into the land so that I could start using it right away. So these end up costing with tax. There's no discount on them, by the way. They're about $42, $43 after tax. And what Derek means by you have to have one, there are these games and experiences around the land that really you need the power-up band to play. Like I'm sure you've seen now, if you've been online at all, people punching bricks or trying to get some digital coins those things you really can only do and collect with the power up band the power up band syncs to your universal studios app on your phone and i guess what's fun is that if you are someone who's going to go to this park multiple times you can collect coins and um stickers and things as you go multiple times and like rack those points up if you're only a family going like once though or maybe once a year i i don't know what are, what's your opinion on that derek and doug it's a lot of money to spend for the whole family yeah you don't need it um 
like you said, especially if you're just going like one time, uh, you could always borrow your friends mm -hmm. because it's not exclusive to the person. But yeah, I wasn't sure if I was going to get one. And I'm definitely happy that I did. There are so many games, interactive elements around the land. And I didn't realize that you collect keys and only if you have the power band and you collect those keys, then you can get into Bowser's shadow showdown game which i didn't realize that, that you needed that so i was happy that we did and then we went into that game and that was a lot of fun too and i have been recommending to people to actually if they have a family all you need really is one power up band and you could all share it so if you're like a family of four you could all decide together so whichever as you heard derek and doug each got mario and luigi and i got peach so which that's whatever team you're on so you just have to decide as a family what team are we going to be on and then we could all use the band and play the games and take turns that's a yeah. good idea about sharing i'm definitely glad i bought one how about you doug yeah, I'm glad too. This family definitely planned on going more than once this year. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, and then I felt like I would have been missing out if it was yeah. if I didn't have one and I would have been FOMO. Part of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get the band or else you have the FOMO. Yeah. So and I love anything like competitive and you know, it's addictive that you just want to keep on getting up, try to get a higher score and collect more coins and stuff. Right. So that's the difference really between the power up bands and the wands that you can use over in the wizarding world. Right. So the wands you could also share with someone else. You could get one and have your whole family be able to do all of the fun things. You could even pass the wand on to another family, um, you know, the same way that you could pass the power up band on. However, um, the power up band, yeah, it it keeps a score and there's something competitive about that and like really fun to see if you can get your team up to the top of the leaderboard. So I'm sure all of our listeners right now are like, when are they going to talk about this attraction? So let's tell them about it. It's called Mario Kart Bowser's Challenge. How many times have y'all gotten to ride it? I think we've been on it four times so far. Nice. And I've yet to get in the front seat, though. I've only oh, really? been in the back seat. Yes. There are two rows per car, yeah. for those who don't know. Each car sits four people. I've been on it twice. The first time I went through the regular queue, and then the second time I did single rider. So we are thrilled, so happy. Thank you, Universal, for having single rider be on this attraction. It was so smart of them to do that. I would say in terms of the queue, obviously it's super long right now in these previews and will likely be for quite some time, but I didn't really have a problem. The queue itself is absolutely adorable. There's so many, again, if you're a Barrio fan, there's so many cute little Easter eggs to look for. And uh, I mean, if you ever played Mario Kart, seeing like the Star Cup and the Rainbow Cup, like all of the cups for Mario Kart, like in person, um, the statues of Bowser, just really cute. And I feel like they did a tremendous job with loading, with how they're all loading these vehicles and getting everybody out, especially considering that you're wearing goggles. Goggles, listeners, are, um, they're sort of, it's like a headpiece. I've never really seen anything like it in a park outside of a VR experience. So if you've ever done like the void or one of those VR experiences, you're really putting on like a over your head headpiece that tightens, but it looks like a Mario visor, which is really cute. And then not until you're sitting in your ride vehicle, do you get the plate, plastic, glass, whatever you want to call it, that goes in front of it. And that's that allows you to see all of the augmented reality. Um, what do you think of those headpieces? Did they bother you? Did you guys like them? 
Yeah, I didn't mind. And looking at it at first when they handed it to me, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. And then with the other piece that's attached to the uh, ride vehicle and everything, it just seemed like confusing and maybe for like kids. And actually one time I did do a single rider and there was this young kid next to me. So I had to assist them with everything. And I was like, it, it went fine. It looked more complicated than it was. And then I guess the first time I tried snapping it on, it didn't, I was like, do I have this right? I didn't know exactly where it was going, but all the team members were there to help and there it was, it went pretty smoothly. And there was a lot going on when you sit into that car because you have to put on that attachment. And then if you have a power band, you have to remember to touch it to the steering wheel so you get mm -hmm. coins and credit for it. Um, and then, of course, the excitement of being on this new attraction, which blew me away, the whole attraction itself. Me too. I was so excited to ride this attraction. Um, it's just a lap bar for those who I'm sure are wondering. Nothing's going over your neck or anything like that. Um, you have a steering wheel. You are supposed to steer with the augmented reality game and look and shoot and there's little triggers on your thumbs that help you um shoot uh green shells and red shells and all of that however i think many people are surprised at the pace of the actual car that you're in and i feel like this is a little bit of like a either you're on one side or you're not like it's kind of a little bit of a controversial topic so we've got three of us on here <laughs> um what was your thought on this uh for those of you who don't know what we're talking about this does end up being even though while you've got the augmented goggles on there is definitely excitement and the characters seem to be going really fast but your vehicle itself is basically going the speed of a i would turtle. say uh yeah it's already if we wanted to compare it to another ride, I would say like Secret Life of Pets up on the upper level. It's it's a slow moving family attraction with yeah, Mario Kart. And I think a lot of people were expecting this to be a thrill ride. What were your thoughts on this? Yeah, I was expecting it to go faster. It did remind me of Men in Black a little at Universal Orlando. It gives the illusion sometimes you're going quicker, but the ride vehicle is definitely going slow. I guess which gives you more time to really look around and aim at everything. A lot of times on these games, you have unlimited ammo and you can keep on shooting over and over. But this when I kept on running out of the shells and I was like, what's going on? And then once your vehicle rolls over a new section then you get a power up and you get more shells so i remember focusing on that a little i was like what's going on yeah but were you were you upset at all that it wasn't more of a thrill oh no no <laughs> I, I the first time i went on it i was it was definitely different from what i expected yeah it seemed slower and I liked it a lot more the second time that I went. I felt like, you know, I liked it and I thought it was really cool. But then the second time I was like, okay, I know the speed of this. And also I did sit in the front. I know Derek hasn't been in the front yet, but like uh, the first time I was in the back of the car and the second time I was in the front. So I don't know if that had something to do with it also, but yeah. Same. That yeah oh, really? my my first time i was in the back and then the second time i was in the front i think the front's better yeah <laughs> so i definitely yes again. if you can i definitely recommend asking for a front seat and i don't know why that is i guess it's because you don't have to worry about seeing over someone's head even though it is sort of on a like they're lower in the front and higher in the back um but yeah i found it to be much more fun to play in the front i would say that i wasn't necessarily disappointed that it wasn't a thrill ride because it wasn't actually until 
the ride was over the first time I wrote it that I realized how slow it had been when someone else mentioned it. And it was more of like, a, oh, yeah, I think what I was expecting it to be more like, not that I thought that it was going to be some sort of scary uh, attraction at all, but I was maybe more expecting a little bit like Radiator Springs Racers, you know, that sort of level of like having like a race. I mean, you just hear Mario Kart and you just think that it's going to be fast. But I would say, now that I've had some time to think on it and ride it those two times, like I don't think it needs it. Um, you know, we're thrill seekers. And so I think if we're saying it was w- enjoyable enough without having, you know, going 60 miles an hour or something, <laughs> because there was just so much going on and it's more about the game of it, I think, mm-hmm. than it is about the the racing. Yeah, I agree. The second time I went on, I actually didn't use the goggles. I just looked at all the practical sets and all the props and I, I loved that too it was so cool and some of the things that i saw the first time around that were on screens when or i thought they were like real 3d props the second time when i looked without the goggles i realized oh that's a screen like they do a such a good job with making everything like look real and come to life like pop off the screens and it was like an awesome mixture of the practical sets you know, the augmented reality, combining everything is so impressive. Yeah, I just thought I, that was great. You do like spin around at one point, but it's even, even that's like a slow, slow spin. <laughs> <laughs> and here's a little tip. If you don't like stairs, stay to the right side. So when you board, you want to stay board on the right side of the station so you can exit right out. And if you're, if you do go on the left side, you have to take some stairs up, down and around. So. If, oh, you mean when you exit? Yeah, the oh, ride. Oh, interesting. It's a shorter exit on the right side. We should probably talk about the one other potentially controversial thing, because I just feel like the air needs to be cleared on this. So there's been some controversy around the fact that this attraction supposedly only fits people with a waist smaller than 40 inches, which just seems so incredibly small. Now, I did notice that um as you're going to single rider, if you go in like right at the entrance of the attraction and take a sharp right, there is a test car there that shows how the lap bar comes down. Now the seats are um, like clamshell. So like you do sort of sink back into it a little bit, but people are showing that, yeah, there's not really a ton of of room there. So listeners, if this is something that is concerning to you, make sure you absolutely test out that chair or, you know, maybe get a measuring tape at home just to see. Um, I would hate for anybody in your party to get their hopes up and not be able to ride this attraction. That being said, I have to say that there was someone who was in line with me when I was on the single rider, someone I did not know, who definitely had a waist larger than 40 inches looked like a linebacker type of of person and they were able to ride the attraction just fine so i i I don't know if it's if it's true (laughs) but i do think it's something to be aware of i have been um with people who have not been able to get on um harry potter and the verbin journey because of their shoulder size um, do you guys have any thoughts on this? It seems like a really kind of disappointing design choice. Yes, yeah, that is surprising that they wouldn't uh, have the seats available to a wider variety of sizes. So 
Yeah, it's a little disappointing. Um, hopefully it isn't accurate. And there. it is surprising, yeah, considering how slow moving the vehicle is. It, <laughs> you barely need like a lap bar, it seems. I also noticed that that to be able to ride this ride, you have to be able to get up out of your seat and get into one of the seats provided. There aren't, it isn't that type of thing that you can bring a scooter onto, a buggy onto, a wheelchair, motorized, anything onto. You do have to physically be able to get up and get into the seat, which just seems so surprising in 2023 that they yeah. wouldn't be making a more accessible ride. So I think it's important for us um, as enthusiasts and to have our platform that we have here to say that we would appreciate more inclusion and more accessibility for people who love these parks and IP. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Or maybe they just haven't come out with the cars yet. Maybe they, they will come out with a car that will work for this ride. That We're giving you suggestions here, Universal, if you're listening. <laughs> Maybe you could That's just a add a car every, you know, 10 cars or so uh, that could be, you know, more accessible. Maybe, you know, because what? Do you need that lap bar? <laughs> could we do it with just like an extended... And even on Secret Life of Pets, that's a really slow-moving dark ride, but those uh, those lap bars come down pretty tight on those. I don't know if you've noticed that. I I get it because they don't want kids to jump out and mm -hmm. run, you know whatever. So there there has to be some sort of balance between protecting people but also being accessible to people. But yeah, and like with Harry Potter, you know that thing goes way over. Sorry, Harry Potter, the and the Forbidden Journey. <laughs> there are multiple Harry Potter rides, so I have to say, <laughs> the Forbidden Journey. That thing is really pretty tight. You're sort of enclosed, and and you should be because you know it's an exciting ride, and you don't want to fall out. I just would love to see more inclusion, just in general, in the future of theme park rides. I think that that's so important. Yes, definitely. All right, so now let's go to um, the characters that we saw um did you get to see any of them it was raining when i was there so they didn't bring the characters out i really wanted to see princess peach and see her blink and talk to me and <laughs> yeah it was it was exciting you'll meet princess peach another Come time on. soon i'm sure um but yeah it was really cool to hear her talk and see her interacting with everybody and then mario and luigi we saw too and like they blink and it, it was it was like the next level of like characters. They're leveling up with uh, Mario and Luigi. I just think that's so great. You know what I mean? These are characters that really mean something to people. And just like um, when meeting Optimus Prime or when I met Big Bird at Sesame Prime, <laughs> but or meeting Optimus Prime before sticking in the universal realm that I've seen grown men like tear up getting to talk to Optimus. <laughs> if you're born in the 80s, Optimus might mean a lot more to you than it might mean to kids now. So that's I think that's pretty mega, Tron. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> They're really uh, transforming these uh, characters. But uh, when oh Mario God. and Luigi, when they enter their the land to go to their photo op, 
it's so cool they come out and they're dancing to the music that's out there and like they're moving with their friends that are coming out it's like Derek is doing the dance listeners just so you know <laughs> he's doing the dance <laughs> and if, if you check a social media ride with ace instagram and uh on tiktok you can see there's a reel there and um you can see mario and luigi dancing at the end of it so oh, check fun. that out it's very cute they don't have toad at this one right uh, well toad character. is in the kitchen over at the nice I, segue right there that was yeah. a perfect segue <laughs> but i i will say i when i googled it there's a, a character even outside of the kitchen um at uh, the one in japan well we saw a lot of chef toad when we got to go eat at the toadstool cafe uh, it's an order and sit quick service type of restaurant. However, the difference is that you're not just allowed to go in there and sit wherever you want. Once you've ordered, they actually seat you, which is, I think, really nice because then it means only the people who are eating are in the cafe. And the cafe is definitely worth checking out. First of all, every single item on their menu is totally Instagrammable. <laughs> Oh my gosh, they do such a good job of making all of the food cute. Even like the tomatoes, the way that they were sliced and then like put with asparagus to look like the plants that come out of the pipes. I mean, it was just so cute. They have in every burger, they've got these little like picks that have like Mario or Luigi hats on them. Just and mustaches adorable. on the buns. Mustaches <laughs> on the buns. They're so cute. And everywhere you look inside the cafe, there are screens all around. I'm sorry, they're not screens. They're windows into Toad's kitchen. And he's there hard at work making your food. And when they bring out your food, they're like, Chef Toad hopes you like this. <laughs> <laughs> and did you like it? Did you like I the food? I did. I did have the one gluten-free option that I could have. Again, inclusivity, please. I would love more gluten-free options at all of your parks. <laughs> and that's a that's a rule for that's just something for everyone. But I was able to have they had um, like a caprese salad, and it was really cute. And um, the burgers at the table that everybody else had, they said that they were great. <laughs> Do you, you guys get to eat there at all? I wanted to order all the stuff just to look at it. It was. I loved watching the food being delivered to other people's tables. Yeah, so creative. The uh, garlic bread knots looked like the little mushrooms in the oh land. Oh my gosh, it was so cute. Yeah, the little mushroom knots. It was just so smart. Um, whoever designed all of those food options just did a really great job. They know what they're doing. They know we're all going to take pictures of it and post it online. <laughs> Everybody's going to want to go there. Really smart. The cute sipper cups. They've got a cute little popcorn bucket that they've got that you can also get just outside of the land there's a little like pop-up um order window out there so yeah i mean i am really excited about it and i honestly uh can't wait to go back although i think i'm just gonna wait out the crowds just a little bit we live in california so <laughs> we they, can get there are they going to be doing virtual queue for to get into oh, the land? Oh, yes. Or? Let's tell everybody how to get in. So basically what I'm hearing is once the land opens on February 17th, what you'll do is you'll just have your regular park ticket. You'll enter Universal Studios and, and go in through the turnstiles. And as soon as you do, make sure you have that Universal Studios app already downloaded and you're already signed in so that as soon as you walk through the turnstiles, you're going to go ahead and look for the Super Nintendo World um, option on the app. It should be right there front and center. And then you will click on virtual line, which they also have for usually the Secret Life of Pets 
attraction as well. And you'll be able to get in a virtual line for Super Nintendo World. Now, they're saying that they won't necessarily need this every day on slower park days. You might just be able to walk right in, which is lovely. Um, it is, for those of you wondering, in case you didn't know, it is on the lower lot. So it's like past Jurassic World, Transformers, Revenge of the Mummy, like way past there. So it is going to be the furthest thing away from you. <laughs> so if you're wanting to start there, you're starting at, uh, you're starting a hike. But you'll get in that virtual line while the crowds are big and at, here at the beginning of the year. And then you'll get an alert for when it's time for you and your party to go ahead and enter the park, which I think is smart because of the playground type of vibe that a lot of the land has that if there's too many people and you're waiting in a physical line to like punch a brick is kind of going to take away you know from you and your kids experience i think especially for children there's who are so used to running around i want to do this i want to do this you know that's that's what you want to do in the land and yeah. waiting in line kind of takes away from <laughs> and for anyone who doesn't have the universal studios app i believe they're going to have kiosks right across from the land uh, that you can pick up a an entry pass there too. If you're going towards Transformers, take a right. I saw some signs. So I imagine oh. that they're going to be there. But um, yeah, I, and I wonder how long people are going to stay in the land because we got there early in the morning and then like four hours later, we were still having a great time and times just flew. There was so much to do in there. I was surprised by that for sure. Well, when I went in for my personal team member preview that I got to go, we only had a two hour window. So they had certain wristbands on us. And at a certain point, they started watching and said, if you have a green wristband, you're supposed to not be here by now. Only yellow wristbands are allowed right now. And so they started telling people, you have to make your way over there. You know, so I wonder if they'd maybe do some sort of wristband system like that, just to make sure that it's not overcrowded. I don't know how they're going to do it. We'll see. Um, so final thoughts, last words, Super Nintendo World, what do you think? I think it's a must do when you're in Southern California. It exceeded my expectations. I'm excited about going back. Yeah, it was awesome. I can't wait to go back lots of times this year. I am certain that I will go back as well. We should all go together. It'd be so much fun. And for everybody who is thinking about coming and taking a trip to Southern California, definitely put Super Nintendo World on your list. We are so excited. Thank you both so much for coming on and talking to me today. Thank you also to our other interviewees, Tim Baldwin and Amber Lightbody. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and tell us all about the first drops that you were able to experience. We can't wait to do another one of these episodes. Let us know if you have any questions. Reach out to us at podcast at aceonline.org or you can find us on Instagram at ride with ace, TikTok, ride underscore with underscore ace. We're everywhere. Let us know what you want us to ride next and what you want us to tell you all about. And if you're going, if you're gonna ride Prairie Screamer Defiance or come to Super Nintendo World, we wanna hear how it was for you. So make sure you tag us. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. Ride With Us is produced by the American Coaster Enthusiasts, a registered 501c3 organization. Visit aceonline.org for additional information, and we will see you at the parks. <laughs>